But when you have people behind you that you know um, are going to support you if you fail or push you in a direction that maybe you didn't realize you could go, then I think you can allow yourself to take risks and, and push things a little bit harder, try new things, and, and hopefully grow things even faster than you could have ever imagined. Hey everyone, this is Angie Wachowski. This is Bet On You Radio and it's 2024. You know it is the year of transformation. I am here today with Stephanie Cox, my dear friend and the founder and creator of Blue Sky Ambition. And we are here today to talk about leading your career and leading a team if you happen to be a manager and, and need to help support just some of the transformational efforts that you're envisioning. And I'm gonna kick off with asking Stephanie, because I know our guest today has so much career guidance, but you know, think about yourself, early stage career, and how important other people were for shifting and shaping your perspective on how to get ahead or how to be successful. Do you wanna share a story or can you think about certain individuals and what you learned just from observation and informal mentorship? Yeah, there's there's a lot of people actually earlier on I felt um, that shaped me. Part of it, I was really young when I graduated from college. So starting off in a company, being you know the youngest, I was in observation mode. And the leaders that I worked with and for, I was in awe of. So I learned about communication. I watched one of my first managers, how she would communicate and how she would kind of command a room. She would wait till the end of the meetings to ask her questions. And it just created a, a really interesting dynamic because she was heard. Um, other leaders were very creative and inspirational in ideas of how you could make something better. And whenever you can make something better and make it easier for employees or save a company money, those were attributes that I enjoyed very much. And, um, probably on a personal level, the leaders that took interest in you as a person and demonstrated they actually, they cared about who you were, not just at work, but outside of work. That was really important. My career in the Marine Corps, which I wouldn't say career, my job, my four-year stint in the Marine Corps, you know, you certainly, everybody kind of, you know, wore the same clothes and quote unquote looked alike, but I was always captivated by people who were just real. And in a company, an organization like that, you can have, you know, people who are figureheads or stars and really impressive, but they didn't lead by that. They just kind of set it aside and just showed up. And that was something that really struck me or hit me just again, that authenticity and then transitioning to the private sector. I think in the military, you get the sense of the private sector. And I think they tell us, you know, like it's going to be easier and it's, it's not, it's harder. Actually. I think there's a lot more competition, even though the military is very physical and the private sector is a lot more competition, goals, KPIs, things like that. And I was really surprised by that. So I always loved working for leaders who could show me how to be collaborative and mm -hmm. be competitive at the same time, because I love working with people. I think also just the higher you go, I think it's okay to show where you might be frustrated or something might not be working. Some people might call that a weakness, but I think the leaders who do show all at you know, all aspects of the good and the frustration, I think they're held in a higher regard because they're more human. I think that human. Well, I'm excited for our guest today. It is Kathy Kobe. I keep calling her a real world leader because she is. I mean, she's 
not just read the books and read the research. She's out there practicing the behaviors and has achieved great success in business. And now at K2 Consulting, her company. And fun fact, she was one of my very first managers leaving the Marine Corps. And I learned so much about her. So bet on you, audience, you're in for a treat when we invite Kathy Kobe to the audience today. Kathy, Stephanie, I could not be more excited to have you on the Bet On You podcast. I've been calling you a real world leader because you can talk about leadership theory and how to transform teams and you're somebody out there who's just doing it. So I'm so excited to share your best practices. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of how to transform your career, how to transform a team, we would love to hear your story. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your background, that'd be awesome. Of course. Well, first of all, great to see you both. And thank you so much for having me. It's a it's a real pleasure and an honor to uh, be joining you today. So I'm very excited. Um, just a little bit about me. I think, you know, we're going to talk about transformation and, and leadership and things like that today. And I always bring things back um, to my upbringing and my family. I came from a large family. There was eight of us in the family. We'd sit down to family dinner every single night. Um, came from a lot of structure and a lot of discipline and a lot of competitiveness as well. But I think that's where, you know, having my family and always having that core behind me is where I really developed my confidence. And that's where my leadership style and everything started to come from. Being the youngest of six, you can imagine, I was always observing. I was always watching what to do, what not to do, what to learn, what to tweak, what to do better. Um, so that's really the core of me um, from growing up in the Midwest and, and, and learning about leadership for my family and then taking that into, you know, a sports career, which we can also talk about. And then, of course, a corporate career and then my own company. So, so I'd be interested in the sports career because I understood you, you were in uh, college athletics. And how did that shape you as a leader? Sure. Well, for me, sports started very young. I'm, I'm only 5'8", but I was this tall when I was 12 years old. So I grew up really fast and my body and coordination just worked. So I was really young playing all the boys sports and um, actually being better and faster than all the boys until we got to college. But I started out even when I was eight years old. And, and this is something I think that really shaped me in neighborhood. Um, my best friend in the neighborhood, her father actually brought me to T-ball and I didn't know what it was. My family didn't know what it was. And it turned out to be something I was really great at. And I learned, I think about that historically and what that meant to me that um, I found this person that saw some potential in me, saw something in me and and brought me to a new experience. So that's where I learned to really start to say yes to things and try things. And so I, I start out in, in sports and again, just really, really good at it. Uh, I was bigger than all the kids, and and they would use me um, as as a rover. I don't know if that word means anything to you guys in, in your life. So I would be put wherever they needed something. They'd put me wherever they had gaps. They would put me. And I look at that in my life, and that's still pretty much what I do in my life. I'm a rover. I go into things where people need fixing and help, and I can assimilate into situations. So um, I did that. And, you know, my first national tournament, I was 12 years old. And, and what's really interesting about that is my team didn't go to the nationals. I actually got picked up by another team. There was a rule back then. I think you could pick up two kids if, if your team, they, you could pick up two players from other teams. So I go on this team. I'm 12 years old and they were my big competitors. I didn't, I didn't like them. I, I've never had conversations with them. And now I'm on this team for a four-day tournament. And guess what position they put me in? They put me in first base, which I'd never played. And it was the coach's daughter's position. 
So I'm now in this situation and it was a fabulous weekend where I learned that, you know, here's this person, she's worked, you know, all this season and and now she's not in the role, but I'm here in my role as that leader, even as a 12 year old kid was to make her comfortable and all my teammates comfortable to, you know, want to come to this common goal of, of, of hopefully, you know, winning best in the nation. We didn't get best in the nation, but we did very well. And, and here we are having to come together very quickly um, in, in a short amount of time, four days to look for this great outcome. And that's really the types of things that I bring to business for myself. And, and I can share, you know, tons of examples, AAU basketball, this was softball in the summer, but there was constant teams. I think every year I would have four different new teams that I would be on throughout my sports career because, you know, it was the sport was changing or the season was changing and the team was changing. And there wasn't time to um, have all these frivolous things. It was, we were down for business. We were down to excel. And that's pretty much what I do when I go into teams and I look at my career history of how quickly things were able to turn around um, within businesses or when I, I take on a project or take on a role, we can turn things around very quickly or get things catapulted in the right direction because that's just the core of who I am and just how I've been pretty much bred all my life. I think it's just fascinating. And again, there's so many different parallels between sports and business, but I want to talk about you taking that mindset. And I, as we've talked about in the introduction, that you were my manager and I worked for you and it was really exciting to be on your team. But I also know that you rose through the ranks really quickly in your career from being identified as a high potential into a manager role. So how did that sports mentality carry over in business. And could you just talk a little bit about that lens that distinguished you and how you did your work early stage? Of course. Well, I think, um, first of all, I didn't know, well, the industry is pharmaceuticals. I didn't know what pharmaceuticals were. I was hired uh, before I even graduated from college. And I'm going to this, it was a Fortune 500 number one company to work for um, when we were there. And it was that way for seven years. So I thought that was normal. So here's me coming from a, being a peak athlete to now going into a peak company, and that just seemed normal to me. And by the way, all we did was launch billion-dollar brands, which now we all know that's not really normal, but to, to me it was. Um, so I'm with this top, top company that gave just unbelievable training. And to this day, I've never met a company that did a better job from a training perspective. And I think in today's environment, a lot of companies have gotten away from training and development and um, I think people say they do it, but from what I came from on how significant it was, I, I know that a lot of times there's a better way to do it. But but for me, when I go into you know this this corporate life and not knowing what it's all about, and I'm 22 years old in Kansas, Kansas City of all places, launching you know first in class products that doctors had never heard of, and I'm there to educate them on why they should use cholesterol medications. And the first thing they'd say to me is, how old are you? I said, I'm 22, and I'm here to talk to you about X product. And they would say, okay, <laughs> well, here we go. I get my first year on the job, I get rookie of the year, and I'm number one market share in the country. How is that? How? And I don't, I don't know what I don't know, okay? All I know is that I am super grateful, and I am super appreciative to have this job, there were so many people that I knew that interviewed that didn't get it. So I went into it saying, man, I know there's a lot of people that want this job and I'm not going to mess it up and I'm just going to go full steam ahead. And for me, whenever I started working and even now, I don't judge things on the goals that they give me. I are not judge. I don't, I don't do things based on the goals per se. I do it based off how much time is there in a day and what can I do in that time? And as starting out as a sales rep, I'd get home at six o'clock at night. My peers were getting home at three o'clock. 
well, if I'm seeing more people every day and I'm doing that every single day, is it not pretty much understood that more than likely I'm going to win that battle? <laughs> so it was it was just using my time and and going to that full potential. Um, and that's something that came from my sports. You always worked harder. You always went and practiced more. You always did more. But for me, because I was so appreciative, I couldn't believe what this company was paying me. I couldn't believe that I got a company car. Uh, we didn't have cell phones yet, but they came later. <laughs> That's how long it's been. I couldn't I couldn't believe I had these things. And then I just was a sponge to all these people around me and and going to these national meetings and seeing these stages. And I had never experienced those types of things. And um, even to this day, I still get excited because so many people put so much work and time into all of this. And then let alone we had, you know, life's changing products that we were selling and um, a great vision and great leaders and just great experiences. And, and I always just wanted to work super hard for that. And so how I, I got exposure is I would raise my hand for everything. And I would sign up for pilot projects and I would participate in meetings. And I was sitting in the front row um, wherever we were uh, because I was there to learn from the people and, and, and learn about the products. And, and I just loved it. And then I took all that energy to go out and see customers and I would have customers tell me that, man, you're the only one that comes to see us or let alone as often as you come to see us. So, you know, we want to do, you know, what's right for you and help help the patients with your products. And, and it all worked out. So that's like being a rover in your in your sports. You were ready to take on and um, I guess just be really open to it. So you must have had a pretty inspirational leader or was this self-motivation of just being appreciative of doing something so new? Well, the appreciation side, I think, just comes from my upbringing. We didn't come from a lot. I mean, we had what we needed. So so that, the financials of it, that was a different type of appreciation. But by, uh, yes, I, I still, my first boss in that role is still a mentor of mine to this day. So something else that I am very proud of is that I have lifetime and long-term relationships. So obviously, Angie and I still being connected. I'm still connected with kids from grade school and high school and um you know lifetime friends and and i look at that from people that i i started working my career with in fact last week someone called me that said another company and i'm probably going to do some business with or maybe even go work for that we worked together way back when um almost you know 30 years ago and uh that's that's really important but i think the company itself uh, something i see missing today in many environments the company itself it was the culture it was the people it wasn't just about the customers, but it was about the people and showing people about their leadership and development. I can't stress that enough. And, and I know we'll talk about that more today. And it's things that you guys are all involved in, but it it just really, um, it means a lot. And I think that's how you get the best out of people. When people put time into me, I, I owe it back to them. They put the time into me and I feel like I owe it back to them to give them what they've invested in me, if not more. I think that's like the great way to think about the workplace relationship. You give your hundred, I give my hundred and we're going to win together. Right. And I think sometimes we, we get that equation wrong. I think sometimes I want your 150 and I will give you 50 or it can be reversed in those regards. So go to the facts. So high potential rookie of the year, crushing it. And you get your managerial experience and you've had many management experience. How do you approach that as a team, because there are managers and there are leaders. And if we're lucky, we get to work with both, right? <laughs> Somebody who manages budget, staff, et cetera, things, and then leads people. 
what are you, what's your approach, especially with teams that maybe are underperforming or a little disjointed or just don't seem to be clicking right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my first approach is my, my end goal is that I want that team to want to walk through fire for me, just like I would do for them. And I'll go into it. That's that's what they can expect of me. Um, and I, I hope that we can build that together. So, uh, you know, obviously it's about their skill sets and, and where are their gaps and things like that. But I think the bigger piece and, and where I've excelled is getting that team to work together and play off of each other. Um, something as simple as, as I would have teams uh, bring up at the start of every year, what is the one thing that you're trying to work on this year, this habit that you need to break? Um, and we would make it known like me saying, um, just now, <laughs> um, uh, people, people would then support each other throughout the year and what that was. And a lot of times people don't talk about the things that they need to work on, but we put them right out there and everybody knew what they were. And then also everybody knows, uh, uh what's the goal? Like we're going to get this bonus this year. What, what is it that you're saving for? What is your, what are your big plans for the year? Oh, I want to take a vacation. Oh, I'm paying for a child's wedding, whatever it is. What's your motivation for the year? Um, that people understand that. So not only what do you want to work on, but what's motivating you this year, and then we're all going to come around you and support you in those efforts. Um, and I think I'll bring that back to my family upbringing again, very supportive, always knowing that somebody had your back. When you can make that environment, then you can fix all those other things. You can fix the processes. You can fix the the sales models. You can work on all these other things. But when you have people behind you that you know um, are going to support you if you fail or push you in a direction that maybe you didn't realize you could go, then I think you can allow yourself to take risks and and push things a little bit harder, try new things, and and hopefully grow things even faster than you could have ever imagined. How do you do that with speed, Kathy? Because you know this theme of transformations. Um, many companies, I'm sure that you work with, are going through their transformation programs or want to do a transformation. Uh, you inherit a team, and you need to get results quick. So whether it's a season on a sports team or a fiscal year in a company, how, how do you even start with the transformation? I mean, I have one example where within a year I came into a team and we came in 60% over goal. And this was a team that had been flat for eight years. So how we did that, and I, I didn't know the business at all. I didn't know the market. I didn't know the customers. I didn't know anybody on the team. And I now had a team of 650 people. And I walk into this uh, and I I uh, was working for someone, my my president at the time, um, I'd worked for before, and he knew that I would come in and make a lot of changes. And actually, he gave me really great direction. He said, I want you, he said, you know, business is good. It's been flat, but I want you to come in. And he's like, don't go crazy on people. <laughs> don't go fast. Just listen. He's like, business is good. It's still making a bunch of money, but just take a couple months and just observe and hear and then come up with a game plan. And that was very different for me. So even though you know the end result, we accomplished a tremendous amount in a year, but here I took three months to observe and listen and met with all the internal folks and obviously learned the vision, learned the strategy, learned the big picture. Then I want to look at the numbers or where's the money coming in and out and how is it in my mind aligning with this strategy and vision? Are there any gaps there? And then went immediately to the people. So I um, gave the direction for all the leaders, um, whether my direct reports and the level below them, I wanted to have a business review one-on-one with each of these people. And I gave them no direction. I gave them no slides because I wanted to come and engage what is the range of what I'm working with from this leadership perspective of just give, 
they can tell me about their business and you can then clearly see who's good and who's not good. So I went around and did all these business reviews. And and honestly, within the first week of just listening to people, I called the boss and I said, um, you know, what you're thinking about doing with this division, don't because this is a gold mine. We're going to blow out the numbers. This is unbelievable opportunity. Uh, and I won't go into all the details as, as to why. But um, the main thing was the main thing I, I had never experienced this. These people that I was seeing were so motivated and so loved this company. I'd actually never experienced that. Even though I said I came from this Fortune 500, number one amazing company to work for, these people were bleeding this company, loving it and just professing their love. But in my mind, I saw how they retreated in the past and it wasn't good. They weren't paid for performance. The people winning President's Club were the friend of the boss. They weren't the top performer. All these things that were happening were so discombobulated. And I thought, my gosh, I already have these motivated people. And now we're going to treat them even better and show them the right way to do things or, or but other ways to do things, not the right way, but other ways to do things. And this is just going to blow up. And sure enough, it did. And I remember standing on stage and and there were three things. I said, here's my observations over three months. And, and I had already earned the credibility of them because going around, they had all said, no one's ever come out to talk to us. No one's ever listened to us like this. No one's ever asked these questions. And so they, I think, had a respect for me just listening. And then I stood up and I, I gave them the three things that we were going to do to move things forward. Um, and one of them was the development of them. They had not had any development um, experiences or workshops or anything like that. So honestly, the first two days of our meeting, we spent on development courses and they got to pick and choose what they wanted to go to over two days at a national sales meeting, which was unheard of because normally you'd sit there and listen to marketing and listen to all the numbers and you're you know bored by the first day of your meeting. Well, now the first two days of this meeting, they were so engaged, they were even more energized than before. I already told you they were really motivated. And now they're super motivated and just loving it and engaging with people. So everything else that was coming along that week and coming along the next few months, they were they were just in it, in it to win it. And that's exactly what they did. So it all came down to focusing on those people where the company thought it was focusing on strategy and money. And it wasn't. It was focused on these people. They're already so motivated and we just elevated them. And, and and to see now there's so many of them that have gotten promoted and are leading other companies and just doing so many great things. And they didn't know they had those opportunities um, because it hadn't been shown to them. And so I'm, I'm super proud of that and of the team and of the experience that we had. But that all happened within a year. And we came in about 60, 60 percent of our plan. Ridiculous. Amazing. It's great. Story. It was crazy. It was and they all were like, wow. And they'll all say, hey, we'll work for you anytime. We made more money than we've ever made in our lives. <laughs> and and great, you pay, pay, pay for performance, you know. But on the flip side, there was other people that weren't so happy, the people that didn't want to perform. And, you know, you did have those people that weeded themselves out, but um, it all happened very quickly. And then we moved on to the next thing at the company and built a whole nother team that was fantastic as well. Kathy, I'd love to hear for you from you because I do believe that you see people and you just see their raw talent and you take the time to invest and nurture it. Do you have a philosophy about people? Do you have a way that you assess people's potential? Um, not just their performance. I think sometimes we can get a sense of performance, but how, how do you assess people's potential? What are you looking for? Well, first of all, I love people. I mean, I'm fascinated by people. I learn from every single person that I meet. Um, and I am the crazy person that loves interviewing people. <laughs> Most people don't. So I'll, I'll kind of bring it to an interview stage of this is how you really set the tone of, you know, even in, uh, for a new hire of just learning about them. Um, and it's learning what their motivations are. 
and but really understanding it because you have you figure out in 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 you know my career this 30 some year career i'm leading people that maybe i see twice a year i'm not I, i've always worked remotely i i've i've worked out of my home my whole career so you've got to find these people that you can have a connection with and um understanding their motivations uh, and also again during an interview process, I'll just focus on that instead of existing people. But an interview process, I ask them what they want to work on. I ask them what they need help with. I, I make it known that it's safe for them to come and ask for help when they need it, because my whole goal is to launch them as fast and quick as possible to get them up and running and and out of the door as fast as possible. But I'm going to rely on a team around me um, and their peers and their leaders to also help with that. And there's a built-in accountability. So I think that's that's very important as well, that there's a built-in accountability that goes both ways, that we're here to help each other. And, and my biggest pet peeve is somebody that doesn't ask for help and comes later and says, oh, I didn't know. And I tell people up front, do not say that. That is the worst thing because there's all these people that will help you and um, you have to be able to ask for help. And so if I can tell in an interview or even in any conversation, if I'm not getting the real person, and you can talk to many people that I've interviewed that I've actually stopped the interview and said, I just need you to talk to me. Don't give me the answers you want me to hear or that you think I should hear. Just talk to me. And I'll say, I'm going to see you twice a year. If we can't connect right now face to face, that's going to be very difficult for me to give you a company car and a credit card and see you twice a year. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a tough thing to swallow. So let's just talk. And you can just see people um, become comfortable. And I know there's one question I, I, I ask a lot when I get to know people, and, and it's something as simple as what is the top three adjectives that your colleagues would use to describe you? And they'll answer. And then I'll also say, okay, the flip side, the same colleagues, what are the, the top two like adjectives they'll use? And they'll say, uh, Angie needs to be less this, or Angie needs to not do that. And Patient. so they'll say, <laughs> so, right. And so they'll say, hey, here's my great things about myself or my colleagues. And then here it is. Um, you know, the not so great. And then when I really know if I have the person truly talking to me, I flip it and I say, okay, now I want to go to your friends and family. I want to ask the same question. What are the top three adjectives that your friends and family use to describe you? And you can see people get uncomfortable. They they start or they get giddy or just things happen. If it doesn't and they're just serious answering the questions or they give you the same answers, you know that you I don't have the real person. And right then I'll stop them. I'm like, just talk to me. Just 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 talk to me, be comfortable. And then the flip side, the funnest one is, okay, I'm with those same friends and family. What are the two adjectives that they would say? Okay, Angie, Angie, so this, or Angie, and then they just go all full, full throttle with what they say. And now you have that real person. And now you have this different connection in an interview or in a discussion. And, and you can really, I think, move things forward really comfortable. And I've always taken it upon myself, and especially being female growing up in the man's world when I was first in my career. It was my job to make people comfortable in a setting or in a situation. And I took that upon myself um, that it's my job to make people comfortable to want to work with me and do business with me or that team I mentioned where I took the coach's daughter spot. It was my role to make her and everyone comfortable to be around me so we could get to our common goals and, and achieve some good things. I love that. I like those questions. It's a kind of a, a three-way match to really get congruency. Um, so, so you, a lot of people you've worked with maybe twice a year, face to face or on a on a call. Um, for people who are wanting to stand out more, they want to advance, they want to get recognition. You know, what's your advice for people um, that that want to get that attention in a positive way? 
and mind you, they're they're seeing other people, just maybe not me um, as often. So they're definitely engaging with other people. And and I think some of my biggest advice is to say yes to everything and raise your hand often. Um, you know, uh, say say yes to that that project or that pilot that you may be scared of, but you want to be involved in, um, and just start getting exposure to people. Um, and then when you do go to these meetings whether it's twice a year, four times a year, whatever it is, sit by different people. People have a tendency to go and, and sit next to their friend or what have you. Um, and that was always a pet peeve of mine. So I know something that I started is when we'd go to these national meetings, we would start having uh, a tables assigned to various leaders at a luncheon or a breakfast or whatever. And, and people could sign up to go sit at those tables. So put ownership on our employees to go and find other people to sit with and somebody maybe they wanted to learn about a different department or learn from a different person and you didn't really know how to approach them. But now here's a safe space where you can, here's the table assignments. You you sign up for which one you want to go to and and just go and meet people. And those conversations that would come out of that were really, really great. And I think it it showed people that, um, you know, never be afraid of a title. This is something I believe in. Don't be afraid of someone's title. Don't be intimidated by sitting with the CEO. Don't be intimidated by any of these people. I've learned and I believe that a title is based off of yours, your and my experiences. That's why I have a title. I'm no better than you. I'm no different than you. But I just have a title based off my experiences. And I'm here to share my experiences and um, provide experiences for other people as well. So I never want people to be intimidated by others. Just just approach people because we're all deep down the same. I love that. And Kathy, you have so much guidance and advice. And I know you publish quite frequently on LinkedIn and perhaps other channels. How can people learn more about you and stay engaged with the wisdom that you have? This again, practical, real-world wisdom that you've got to offer. Sure, LinkedIn is the best, and then also my Instagram, which we can post here. Believe it or not, Angie, I don't have my own website. Um, I've done all my business the last five years by word of mouth and referrals. So um, I probably need to get more advanced to get my own website. But for right now, it's just LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn and, and Instagram would be the best. And I'll respond to people and then I can give them my email or phone number, those types of things. Thank you so much. Awesome guidance. I appreciate you so much for being here, Kathy. Thank you. Thanks so much, you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So Stephanie, you got to meet my former manager. Wasn't Kathy incredible? She was great. She's great. I can see where you learned a lot from her too. I learned a lot. I mean, I felt really honored. Like, wow, you, you chose me. And I don't remember those questions. I no doubt she asked them to me. And I'm so glad I passed the test to be on her team. Exactly. Exactly. I like her questions. I may use them in the future. No, I think you should. So what'd you take away? Yeah. Um, I liked her response about um, you know, how you stand out, you know, as many people are wanting to advance in their career, especially, you know, sign up for everything, say yes. I think that takes courage because you might not know how to do something, but saying yes and um, kind of putting yourself out there. And that combined with meeting other people. I took it as, you know, just don't hang around with the same people all the time at your workplace or your network sit by someone different, meet other people. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, going back to those early stage career when you're going to conferences and you see the big boss there and you don't want to talk to them. I thought about just the intentionality around, well, this is my career. I am here. 
I can't, I mean, I could hide. I could say, I don't really want to talk to these people. I just want to tap out of the experience. But what if I approached it of, this is my career. These conversations are opportunities for me to distinguish myself. And wow, how lucky am I? Like that appreciative, grateful mindset. I mean, I'm asking you, bet on you audience, think about that. Like what if tomorrow you woke up and rather than saying, I have to go to work, you get to say, I get to go to work. And when you say, I get to go to work and just being grateful that, gosh, they have entrusted me with so much responsibility. It is my job to really use these minutes to advance our goals, our objectives. I mean, I can imagine that would be transformative, right? And I think it, it rubs off on other people when you go to work that I get to do this because it is a choice, you will reverberate on other people. And that's infectious in a good way. Oh, I think so. Then you're suddenly the colleague that people yeah. want to work with and be around. Yeah. And you need that when you're doing all these transformations. They're hard. Transformations are hard. It's change and people will resist it. But if you have a collective view, you know, that, okay, we get to do this. We don't have to do it. We get to do it. It's a different story. It is such a different story. Well, I hope everyone listening today, you picked up some just great practical wisdom and guidance from Kathy's conversation. Thank you for being a part of this journey that Stephanie and I are honored to be a part of too. And Stephanie, where can people learn more about you and stay connected with you? At blueskyambition.com. And if you want to get a hold of me, angieconnect.com. Until we see you again. Hang in there, friends. We look forward to seeing you soon. 